Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20 Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. Welcome back. We are back into Mormon chapter 7, actually through 8 and 9, and this is the 20-minute Scriptorian. Hey everybody, it's Lori. All right, so we are wrapping up the very last chapter of Mormon, the editor, prophet, warrior, priest, king, whatever he is. He is the best. And he is going to write his last book in the actual Book of Mormon, Little B book. And I think it is really great we get a chance to just read that last chapter and kind of digest what he's saying. Now, if we go all the way back to the beginning of the Book of Mormon, the greater editorial work, we started outlining, remember we said take a few different colors of your uh, marking pens or your highlighter electronically and, and see if there aren't a couple of themes. And we seem to keep seeing over and over the same themes and he's going to hit on them here again. First, the atoning Messiah. We're going to see this theme of the atoning Messiah. We'll talk about that in a second. Second, we're going to see about covenants, that the Lord is going to keep his covenants and that the third people are part of this house of Israel and a remnant of that covenant. So we're going to see a lot about those uh, three items, a couple of them kind of tie in together. Now, we already know the story well. This is the very end for the Nephites. They're completely gone at this point. And Mormon has spent his life uh, as both a general for them, starting out at a very young age, but until his elder years, he has been fighting these wars of which his people have been just slowly, slowly uh, demolished and destroyed, completely obliterated. And then here is his last uh, writing, and he's going to reach across time and talk to his people as well as to the Gentiles. And, and we talked about that a little bit in the last one. What I find so poignant in, in this is that it was so sad. Those last few books, those last few chapters were just so sad and just the lamentation and the, the sadness is so overwhelming. It's just oppressive like a wet blanket. It just clings to you and you're like, oh, um, and you can feel that heaviness. And yet here, as we turn the page and go to chapter seven, we have some hope. Mormon has hope for his people. And we remember back to that title page that the Book of Mormon is for the Lamanite, the Jew and the Gentile. We seem to miss the Lamanite part, I've noticed, when we quote it. Um, but but this was written for the people that he leaves behind as well. He wants, he wants everyone, right, Jew, Gentile, Lamanite, he's kind of going to everybody. But he's specifically writing some of this back to his own people and saying, hey, they were destroyed, but this book could bring them back to the Lord. It's also for us. We may be Lamanites, uh, we may be Nephites, we may be a Jew, Gentile, whichever, but he's going to say you're part of these covenants. So let's go there to that, this very short chapter. And as I'm just going to read these, there's only, there are only 10 verses. And I want you to listen for something as, as we listen to this. First, I want you to listen for those themes, remnant, house of Israel, regional covenants, and the idea of the Son of God being the Messiah, the atoning Messiah that would uh, be the salvation of the world. 
see if we don't see those three. And then I want you to listen for the cadence of, uh, no, he'll say this, know ye, know ye. He wants you to know something specific. He is testifying. And if, if you don't remember anything else out of this, these are the takeaways that Mormon in this whole book, I think, is trying to tell us, know ye. So listen for those themes and listen for the know ye's, all right? Mormon chapter 7. And now behold, I would speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared, if it so be that God may give unto them my words, that they may know of the things of their fathers. Yea, I speak unto you, ye remnant of the house of Israel, and these are the words which I speak. Know ye that ye are of the house of Israel. Know ye that ye must come unto repentance, or ye cannot be saved. Know ye that ye must lay down your weapons of war, and delight no more in the shedding of blood, and take them not again, save it be that God shall command you. Know ye that ye must come to the knowledge of your fathers, and repent of all your sins and iniquities, and believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and he was slain by the Jews, and by the power of the Father, he hath risen again, whereby he hath gained the victory over the grave, and also in him is the sting of death swallowed up. And he bringeth to pass the, resur pass the resurrection of the dead, whereby man must be raised to stand before his judgment seat. And he hath brought to pass the redemption of the world, whereby he that is found guiltless before him at the judgment day hath it given unto him to dwell in the presence of God in his kingdom, to sing ceaseless praises with the choirs above unto the Father and unto the Son and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God, in a state of happiness which hath no end. Therefore, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and lay hold upon the gospel of Christ, which shall be set before you not only in this record, but also in the record which hath come unto the Gentiles from the Jews, which record shall come from the Gentiles unto you. For behold, this is written for the intent that you may believe that. And if ye believe, and ye will also, if you believe that, ye will believe this also. And if ye believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers, and also the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. And ye will also know that ye are a remnant of the seed of Jacob. Therefore ye are numbered among the, the people of the first covenant. And if it so be that ye believe in Christ and are baptized first with water and then with fire and with the Holy Ghost, following the example of our Savior, according to that which he hath commanded us, it shall be well with you in the day of judgment. Amen. Pretty powerful, pretty powerful stuff to hear his final testament. Okay, so did you see those trends that we talked about? Did you see those themes, the atoning Messiah, covenant, remnant? And did you follow that know ye? Wow, it's such such a powerful last uh, chapter. And we almost, well, I've, I lose it because it's not the end because you flip the page and all of a sudden Moroni's there and, and then the story continues and you take this weird flashback with Jaredites, which is totally weird and fascinating by itself, and then you're back to Moroni again. So you kind of miss, the, I think, the power of that beautiful last chapter calling out to his people. 
let's talk about those themes for a second. And I just want to ask some questions and see, you know, what we come up with. Remember, this idea of the atoning Messiah is such an important theme. You know, let me tell you something really odd. Uh, I am taking, of course, uh, different classes at Gonzaga, and one of them that I'm in right now over the New Testament is um, w studying how much, the, what the ideas of the Messiah were. So there are, you know, four or five hundred years between the Testaments, and what were people expecting when Jesus comes on the scene of the New Testament? And, and we've learned some of this, right? And it's the super abbreviated form of, you know, 500 years of history that like people were waiting for this ruler. People were waiting for a king, like a King David, and they didn't really know that there was an atoning Messiah. And that's, that's true. I, I think the ideas of a Messiah for the Old Testament people coming in to be the New Testament people and those three, four, five hundred years is complex. It's never going to be that simple, right? What were people expecting? We don't exactly know. But it does feel like they were super surprised. Um, you know, you hear the stories of um, in Matthew and Luke when the Savior says, hey, who do you, who do people say I am? Oh, some people say you're, uh, you know, the old prophets come again or you're John, the, uh, like John the Baptist or you're a uh, prophet. And then he says, well, who do you think I am? And Peter you're Jesus Christ, the son of God. And yet they seem so, you know, Nathaniel, Peter, there are like four or five of them. They're like, well, you're, you're the Messiah. You're he. And yet they seem really surprised and shocked when he is crucified. And then they're a little bit surprised as well about the resurrection. They don't seem to see it. And Paul, you know, when he saw, he just thinks they're crazy heretics and is, is, pushing these crazy heretics away until he meets the Lord on the road to Damascus and then says, oh, oh, I see. Um, on the road to Mass, uh, in Luke, one of my favorite stories, the apostles writer or, or some people are leaving after the crucifixion and they meet the Savior. They don't know it's him, right? And he's walking along with them and they're like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> what? What do you mean? You don't know. It's this crazy thing with Jesus and he was crucified and um, all this and he tells the story. And then at the end, um, they realize it was him this, that was walking along with them, and it's as he gives them the sacrament. But he goes through and he explains this Bible study. You know, he goes through this scriptural study showing them how all the prophets had talked about him being this atoning Messiah. So there's something missing, it seems. There's this piece missing from some of the scriptures, and yet it's not from the Book of Mormon. It is interlaced in every chapter and every verse that He's not just the king or a prophet or a priest. He is those things, Christ is. And he's the Messiah being the anointed one. He's the king, priest, prophet, but he's more. He is he who would atone for the world. And he requires us to repent and come unto him, be baptized. And so Mormon hits that on the head. He is the atoning Messiah, and we must do as he commands. We must repent, come back to him. There's this other concept, though, that we say, yeah, Lori, I, I really love that part of the Book of Mormon. It really teaches so much of Christ. But what if this idea of covenant, that you're that God chooses people and then asks uh, you to go so you can choose others, right? It, and, and it's important for Mormon to tell his people that you're part of this original family. You're part of the house of Israel. You're not a different group of people. You are the house of Israel. Why do you think that matters? What does it matter? Does it matter to you that you're the house of Israel? Is it one of those things we talk about, but you're always like, I don't know. 
Why would it matter? Why would it matter to them? What sense of identity? What in the covenant do they get? I mean, there are big responsibilities with that covenant, but part of that primary covenant of with Abraham, and then he says with Jacob being Israel, is so important. But what is it that makes it so important? What are those promises that we make, but also we are given? So think to those. Why is it important that you're part of the covenant? And then the third, a remnant. He says, you're a remnant. Um, it goes along with this a little bit, but why that you're a remnant? You're, you've been saved up. You're this piece of the greater puzzle. Does it give you identity? Does it entitle you to promises? Are you part of this kingdom of priests, peculiar people, a righteous nation? Go read Exodus 19. So I think we see those themes and they really bring it home. Uh, with Mormon and he reminds us again that not only that but what we have to do and he says again he says for behold this this book this everything this is written for the intent that you may believe that right that you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and lay hold upon the gospel of Christ which shall be set before you not, in, not only in this record, right, the Book of Mormon, but also in the record, record which shall come into the Gentiles from the Jews, the Bible, which record shall come from the Gentiles unto you. For behold, this is written with the intent that you may believe that. This Book of Mormon is intended so that you believe the Bible. This book is written so that you believe it all. How fascinating. Wow, strong stuff. Strong stuff. This is the best. But also remember that you have to be uh, baptized, that you have to repent, believe in Christ, faith, repentance, baptism, and the gift of the Holy Ghost, and that you follow the example of our Savior, right? That is the great culminating message of the Book of Mormon and the greater Book of Mormon. What do you think? Do you think that's the message? Let's, uh, let's wrap it up there, but write down some notes of your impressions and thoughts. What what just strikes you as really exciting about that? What makes you uncomfortable? What leaves you with questions? Write those down. Ponder those. Put on that uncomfortable shirt. See if you can get it to fit. Really dig in deep where those things happen. And uh, keep on reading. And next time we will jump into the Moroni. All right. Keep on reading.